0: up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561.
1: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez
2: and Mike Semper Vivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific 6 Eastern, and yes, Saturdays with Jim Valley, 10 a.m. Pacific 1 Eastern. And yes, we are on the air today. We want to apologize to everybody for Friday. That was my fault. It's all handled now. And off to the races we go. Because we didn't do a show Friday, we got a lot of news over the last four or five days, actually, to get into. There are a ton of stories. One of the biggest being how well WWE ratings outside of Raw are doing during the holiday season. The NXT show on Christmas night did way better than I expected for a show that was basically just a bunch of matches taped all over the place the Christmas Eve edition of WWF, uh, WWE Backstage did the second-highest number it's done since going to FS1, beating out the last time that CM Punk was on the show. For also, pretty much just a nothing happened edition of the show, the SmackDown show on Friday, which I actually liked in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people hated that show. I didn't think the show was that bad. I understand the frustration of... Starting a main event three times throughout the show before you actually deliver. But at the end of the day, the show wasn't bad. And it also did a much better number than I expected. They seem to have settled in at what they are doing. We'll talk about all of these numbers when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about the Chris Jericho Hiroshi Tanahashi situation that has everybody talking. I don't want to disappoint everybody, but I'm going to tell you what actually is happening to the best of my knowledge. And you can go with that. Make of that what you will. And granted, in a situation like this, anything can change at any moment. But right now, I'll tell you what it looks like is going on. We've also got an update on the AEW show, which is coming up on Wednesday. We got a Raw preview. And yes, New Japan no longer airing on Access TV. A lot to get into after the break. Back in a moment with Mike Zubbervivi, Wrestling Observer Live.
3: It's time to play Vomit Vomit or... No vomit. Brought to you by Nausine. Question for Andy. It was the party of the year made better by frozen pizza at 4 a.m. until your stomach turned into a churning mess of New Year's regret. For your first resolution, do you A. Vomit. B. Drink the pink stuff. C. Take fast-acting nauseen. Take Nausine. Correct. Nausine's four-minute formula quickly relieves stomach discomfort from overindulging. Get Nausine now in the purple box at Walmart or your favorite store.
5: Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. Give yourself the gift of great sleep through the holidays on the world's only mattress with the Purple Grid and get a free premium gift bundle to complete your Purple sleep set when you text SLEEPY to 84888. That's S-L-E-E-P-Y to 84888. Data rates may apply.
3: Football and basketball seasons are in full swing, so get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional sports. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets like Who will be the first head coach to get fired? Or who will win the NBA MVP? Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code COACH55. That's COACH55 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting
2: Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Got a lot to get into here today, so let's get going. I was going to start with the numbers because they just are blowing my mind, but we'll do that later. There's a lot of people asking about this. This person says, With Jericho's video, New Japan confirming his challenge on their website and social media, are we closer than ever to an AEW New Japan working relationship? Well, here's the story, everyone. So Chris Jericho, it actually started with Tanahashi, where Tanahashi did this interview and he said, If I beat Chris Jericho, I would like a shot at the AEW title. And so Chris Jericho then put out a video yesterday, and he essentially accepted the challenge. He's getting ready to fly to hashtag Tokyo on my private jet. I read your comments in Tokyo sports, and I agree. If you can beat me in the Tokyo Dome on January 5, I will give you a shot at the All Elite Wrestling World Championship. Hashtag forbidden door. And yes, New Japan has announced that. Basically the same thing that Jericho said. Like if Tanahashi wins, then Jericho will give him a shot at the AEW title. So what I can tell you about all of this is that to the absolute best of my knowledge, from talking to a lot of people, the zero has changed in the AEW New Japan relationship. Chris Jericho has a contract with New Japan. And Chris Jericho is the AEW champion. And Tanahashi in an interview and he said what would make sense and Chris Jericho responded in such a way that would make sense now I don't have any idea who's winning this match but I believe 999999999999 percent that from the moment they announced this match Chris Jericho was always going to beat Hiroshi Tanahashi so If you go with the presumption, as I am, that Jericho is always going to beat the guy, then Tanahashi doing the interview and saying that he wants an AEW title shot if he wins, and Jericho saying, I will give you an AEW title shot if you win, it's all irrelevant because he's not going to win. Now, Jericho in his, I don't know where it was, somewhere, he said that he had spoken to tony khan and of course that got everybody talking because tony khan is not a television character and so everybody is thinking that oh my god well tony khan's involved now there must be more to this than there is nothing has changed in the sense that kenny omega and the young bucks all of whom are executives in aw they are all very very bitter about how things ended with New Japan. They've come out publicly and talked about this. This is not me telling you something that's not out there publicly. They've all come out. They're very upset about it. I would guess, I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that every single All Elite wrestler would love to work with every New Japan wrestler, and every New Japan wrestler would like to work with every AEW wrestler. But this is not about what the wrestlers want to do. This is all about management. And right now, New Japan management does not want a working relationship with AW. And AW, I don't know what Tony Khan's thinking, but it seems abundantly clear from listening to Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks that they are not clamoring for a working relationship with New Japan. Now, New Japan just lost TV in America. They lost Access Television. They have no television affiliate in America. Now. When they had that television affiliate in America, I suspect that in their minds, we're trying to run an American promotion. And so basically, we are in competition with AEW. Now, they're still trying to run an American promotion, but they don't have American TV. So in that sense, I guess you could say, well, maybe we are closer than ever. Because quite frankly, New Japan needs AEW television in this country more than ever if they're actually going to try and tour. Now, hard it is to tour New Japan with zero television in this country aside from New Japan World, AW. I'm sure people would argue it would help to have the New Japan talent there. But right now, at this moment, to cut to the chase, I don't think either side is clam- clamoring all that heavily to work with each other from the management side. And I don't think the Tanahashi is beating Jericho. So all of these stipulations, and the problem here is that if Tanahashi beats Jericho or loses to Jericho, like I expect, if Jericho wins, I just see fans everywhere furious. Ha! ha it's bait and switch. We we were led along. No, it was just two guys doing a logical angle, and you don't need to make more of this. Make more of this than what is there, but people are already doing that, and I think they're going to be disappointed. Any thoughts on all of this, Mike? Yes,
6: people are going to make more of it than what's there. And that's just the way it's going to be because it's all elite and it's New Japan. And there's an incestuous thing that swirls through both and people want to see them work together or don't want to see them work together or whatever. But the bottom line is what's happening with Kenny Omega and any particular buck and New Japan management is completely separate from Hiroshi Tanahashi and Chris Jericho. And the bottom line is... Since Jericho beat Evil last November, he is 0-2 this year, and uh, I just don't see him going 0-3, and this is not a win that Tanahashi needs. If you are a New Japan fan or a fan of the old kayfabe magazines with your dream match or whatever, sure, Tanahashi could win, but the reality is he's not. Chris Jericho is going to win. It's okay. Everything's fine. And this is separate the same way that Moxley is separate than Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Tony Khan and whoever is holding Kenny Omega's uh, visa in a safe in Japan where he can't enter or always has trouble entering the country and all that other stuff. That is taking place completely separate from Jericho and Tanahashi. And people are still going to go nuts no matter what the result is. But it's really not that big of a deal at the end of the day.
2: Think about this, everybody. There's two things to add here. As Mike has noted, Chris Jericho has not won a match. And granted, he's not wrestling regularly. But his last win in a New Japan ring was November 3rd of 2018. So he lost his match to Naito in Wrestle Kingdom. He lost his match to Okada at Dominion, okay? So Chris Jericho, as noted, has a separate contract with New Japan. New, to New Japan, he is a New Japan contracted wrestler, okay? And they're paying him a lot of money. So the idea here on New Japan's side is not to pay this guy a ton of money and just beat him all the time. In order for Chris Jericho to mean something in New Japan, he needs to have some credibility. And so he needs a win over Tanahashi here. Otherwise, what are you paying him all of this money for? Now, I will add that I am not saying it's impossible because it's not. It is December 29th. Tokyo Dome show is January 4th. We have a week, basically a week, okay? If Harold May, Tony Khan, and the management of the two sides, Bucks, Cody, Kenny, whoever, If they all get together and decide, you know what? It is in the best interests of both of our promotions to work together. And there is no better way to kick it off than to have Tanahashi beat Chris Jericho in a non-title match to set up a title match. Then, yes, this could be the start of something. But that is, there is a small chance of that happening. Like, as of today, this is just, it could happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And I, I really... Am treading January fifth after whatever happens, happens, and I have to see the whole internet explode in fury that New Japan and AEW aren't working together when that was quote what they were promised, when in fact, in no way were you promised that, everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? You were not promised that. It's it's a storyline between Jericho and Tanashi. That's the end of that. Now, quickly on these ratings. It's so hard nah. that- it's hard knock life everybody cuz we have a break a here life. and that means when we come back I'll tell you about these numbers back we in a moment observe
0: It's a hard knock life Got no folks to see Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
7: If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares.
0: 855 325 1780. That's 855 325 1780. Bro. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live
1: with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back here on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. We are taking phone calls today. is the phone number. 1-800-878-7529. Text messages. 425-780-7566. And the ratings. What in God's name is going on? Raw did a horrible number on Monday. I'm talking horrible. That's a surprise. Not one hour above 2 million. Every hour was below 2 million. It was the... Keep keep this in mind. The lowest non-holiday Raw rating ever was the week before, and this Monday beat it by 10%. That's a god-awful number. So I thought, man, that's not even Christmas Eve. That's December 23rd. This, This WWE Backstage... This NXT show on Christmas night. Smackdown in the middle of Christmas and New Year's when everyone's just doing whatever. They're going to die. Well, first we get WWE backstage. 153,000 viewers. That's almost double what it did the week prior. The second best number the show has ever done since dropping into that time slot. The only number that did better was... They announced that CM Punk would be there the following week. The show that he actually debuted on didn't do well because it was a surprise, but they announced he was going to be there the next week. That show did like 180,000. This is the second highest, meaning the last time that CM Punk was on the show, the time that Triple H was on the show, this nothing happening, random edition of WWE Backstage, 153,000 viewers on Christmas Eve. Then we get NXT on Christmas night, a bizarre show, a bad show, but half the show was at full sale. Half the show was taped after SmackDown in a damn near empty building that was dark as night. 831,000 viewers. Now, some people are going to say, oh, my God, what a terrible number. There was no AEW competition. This is not a terrible number. This is a shockingly decent number, 831,000 for a nothing happened taped show on Christmas night, 831. Well, wow. then on Friday we had Smackdown and I kind of liked the show. I'll do a full review with Filthy tomorrow, but it's one of those shows where starting at five Pacific, I started getting emails and text messages. Don't even watch the first hour. What a waste of time. I can't believe they restarted the main event three times. I heard all of this. 2.439 million viewers up from last week's show. So whatever it is, everybody's in the WWE this week. I have no idea why. I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow. See if they break that record tomorrow. There you go.
6: uh you're overselling it a little bit where everybody's into wwe this week considering the week started off with a a horrific raw maybe you don't know maybe we we have to check the sports business journal archives maybe Muki ghana before he left for his new gig has been keeping track of how studio shows for sports have fared during holidays maybe that's what it is maybe just a Came down to FS1, had a really good basketball game on, which led into to the studio show, and boom, there you go. Backstage does a great rating. Who knows? We'll see how this thing keeps up. It seems to fluctuate so wildly and without any sort of rhyme or reason. And granted the show is new, so we don't know, but it seems to fluctuate a lot for no reason whatsoever. So I can't put a whole lot of stock in that number. And realistically I don't even know how we look at that as a wrestling show, really, in comparison, I mean, with anything else, how you judge it when you really, again, I don't even know how you judge that show on wrestling terms, but the flip side of it, uh, with SmackDown, that is a good number, and Christmas has always been traditionally a good night for wrestling in a lot of towns, historically, in the professional wrestling business, and it could just be for as many people as had something to do on Christmas night or were not able to watch it, you had people that we're sitting there at the end of the night, and who did? And you may have gotten a new fan or two, or maybe you gotten a lapsed fan that happened to have the TV on. So I, I don't know what the reasoning is behind it. We'll have to see kind of coming up. But as good as that NXT number is, it still doesn't really put any salve, I don't think, over the wound of Raw being as bad as it is. and that, And that goes for SmackDown as well, too. Uh, even though it was stabilized, it's not like those numbers are great. It's not like they're going to do backflips over those demos or anything like that. It's better than it's been. But, again, your your week being bookended the way that it is is becoming a tough thing, especially on Monday nights. This
2: person here i got to disagree with says, Here's the actual lineup for NXT next week. The NXT Year End Awards, the announcement of the teams competing the Dusty Classic, the rest of the show, Best of 29 Takeover, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, the Fatal 4-Way Ladder Tag Team Match, and the Women's War Games. Jeff says it's not really a competition for another week. AW should win by a landslide. I don't think so, my friend. I don't think so either. This last Wednesday's show was a taped show, and there was nothing on that show. Close to Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, the fatal four-way ladder tag team match in the women's war games. you got to realize, this USA Network audience, do not think that every single one of them has the WWE Network and is regularly watching NXT. I mean, these are three matches that a good portion of that audience has never seen before. and it And clearly, as we found out on Christmas night, it doesn't matter if it's taped. If they're into those matches, and keep in mind, those are takeover shows, giant buildings, giant crowds, people going crazy. I mean this could be a very, very strong ratings show. AW, on the other hand, has a packed show as well. We have got We have got Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. We have got Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen in a rematch from their draw. We have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and Pac. It should be a blowaway match. We have Riho, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Akarushita in a fatal four way for the AW women's title. And John Moxley versus Trent. We have MJF and Cody doing promos. And we have Chris Jericho and John Moxley doing promos. I mean, unless January 1st is just a bad day for ratings, which it could be, by the way. I actually have no idea how many people are going to watch on New Year's Day. But both of these shows, they should both be very strong shows in the ratings. Absolutely. Uh, Really,
6: And, and you think about it, too. I mean, the plus threes and the plus sevens of the DVR might get a workout this week because you know what you have. If you're more partial to NXT and you're looking at both lineups and you DVR AEW because you know what you got with NXT and you want to relive it again and you know it's going to be good... And vice versa could be true as well, too. Well, we've seen these matches before. We know they're really good. But you know what? I want to check out AEW first. It just probably is going to depend live on who you're more partial to. But I'm not even sure if these numbers we're going to be able to really get anything out of. We'll have to kind of really, to me, wait till the beginning of the year and kind of things see how things play out there after the beginning of the year. But I'm not even sure if these numbers you can really sink your teeth into.
2: All right, Ryan, now's your chance. You're on the air. What is going on? I have a question about Seth Rollins as it relates to Lars Sullivan uh, causing some controversy this weekend from his past. How come Seth got away with doing some pretty uh, risque stuff in his past with the underwear wrestling that was talked about on the Jim Cornette audio show some time ago? And really, WWE never really, like, punished him or, like, never thought twice about hiring him. But other wrestlers like China and, like, ISIS, the Amazon get hard just because hey of like, Ryan I no. want to I want to thank you very much for the call dude but do like you really you want to thank
6: him for that
2: <laughs> listen you want me to ISIS? tell you why people decide to be outraged about one thing and not another and about one person and not another person you want me to tell you what every single person is thinking I have absolutely no idea I have no idea people are going to do what they're going to do oh, man. thank you very much for an excellent excellent call and he
6: said WWE. I don't think WWE has said anything about this. Nobody from WWE said anything about this. They haven't penalized him for this. He's still out on the shelf with whatever issues that he had injury-wise. So much like... Well, it is Sunday
2: ha- afternoon. Who who knows what's going to happen?
6: Uh, that's, that's true. But, uh, yeah, let's just... Yeah,
2: never mind. Thank, thanks for taking that Ryan call. At WWE Backstage Number, this person says, is indeed mind-boggling. 153,000 viewers without CM Punk or any of their special guests, advertised or unadvertised. Add in Christmas Eve and a generic year-end awards presentation. I am just as stunned as you. Spurs says, I watched that nothing-happened-in-WWE-backstage show on Tuesday at 11. I thought that show would die in the ratings. Turns out it did 153,000 the day before Christmas. Mind completely blown. There seems to be no pattern whatsoever to this show.
6: Maybe there were more people like them. Don't be so surprised. You caught yourself watching it. Maybe that was just the case with a lot of people. And I, again, this is—it's a studio. Well, he didn't catch show on himself FS1. watching.
2: Maybe he just watches every week.
6: Why like, didn't he call it a nothing happening show? Well, yeah, you but you don't—you
2: don't know it's nothing happening. He—that show was nothing happening, not the show in general. That's what he's saying. <laughs> He watched the show, and it was a boring show, and he couldn't but, believe it did as well.
6: But the thing is, it's like, well, I can't believe it did that well. Well, the, you don't know it's a nothing-happening show until you watch it all the way through, I guess. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how backstage, again, I don't really know how where you can really work backstage ratings and discussion because they seem to vary so wildly, and you don't really know. I mean... What's the selling point on the show, the Blaze Battle back and forth promo battle? I mean, what's the what's the draw of the show every week? It just seems like people randomly float in and float out no matter no matter if CM
2: Punk is announced to be on or not. And do break everybody back in a moment. If you want to give us a call, 1-800-878-7529. Text messages 425-780-7566. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer Live. <laughs>
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike
2: Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. If you would like to call us here today, we have phone lines open at 1 800 878 Play, 1 800 878 7529. Text messages. Four two five seven eight zero seven five six six. We have text messages open as well. This person here says, What was Eric Bischoff doing so bad that he was going to produce a worse SmackDown than what Bruce Prichard is currently doing? Well, first off, you have to have the assumption as you do here that SmackDown is worse now. And I think SmackDown on Friday was fine. Was it really that bad a show? Am I the only one that didn't think that that show was terrible? It was not terrible. And the main event was pretty good. The the six-man that they did with The New Day and Strowman and Nakamura, Sami Zayn, and Cesaro. That Fun. match was great! Damn right. I loved that match. Happy birthday, Cesaro. The thing with Otis and Mandy Rose. Oh, my. Relationships. I mean, I could talk more about this with Filthy tomorrow, but... I, can... I haven't heard these shows with
6: Filthy. Can I just jump in here real quick? Does he believe that we are going with a situation where Mandy and Otis, and Otis is, is smitten with Mandy, and we're going to end up with Mandy and Sonya? Is that how this is going to go? Mandy and that's Sonya, they're going to break yes. them up. That's why Sonya is so upset right now with Mandy, and with, this is a big swerve, and we're going to still see the continuation of the tag team of Mandy and Sonya.
2: I, I don't know what's going to happen. But all I know is that When Eric Bischoff was hired and when he was allegedly working there, I asked people, What is he doing? I was repeatedly told, I have no idea. I was told, and I'm sure Eric Bischoff will deny this. I'm just telling you what I was told from people there. I was told he had no idea who anybody was. I shouldn't say anybody, but like, he didn't know a lot of people, he didn't know a lot of the characters. I was told that he went home early. I was told that people would try and contact him. And they couldn't. Knew the catering. I, I was told that people that worked under him wanted to quit. I was told all of these things, okay? Now, if Eric Bischoff wants to call me a liar, fine. I'm not the one that was fired, okay? So it's not like people were telling me, oh, my God, he's doing a fabulous job. We've never had anybody working here as great as Eric Bischoff, and then he got fired. That didn't happen. I'm telling you what I was told, and then he was fired. But I wasn't there. I only talked to people who were there. Now he was there. If you want to believe his side of the story, go for it. All I know is what I was told. So there you go.
6: I have a smoke with ye.
2: Sprint says I would like to point out, as Vinny did on a recent Brian and Vinny show, that the Butcher has an incredible gimmick. He's totally awesome in this dude looks like a pro wrestler kind of way, similar to Otis. The monocle or the monocle, the gut, the stomp. It's all great. It is great.
6: Like Silas's older brother, Silas Young's older brother, you know what
2: I mean? Listen, I don't want to I don't want the butcher to hear this and get mad, but let's just Uh-oh. let's just talk facts, okay? Mm-hmm. He's kind of fat. Well, he, he hey. doesn't look like Lex Luger, okay? No. no so, there's a lot of guys on the Indies that are kind of fat. Oh. And soft. If you don't look like if you don't look like Luger and you want to come up with a look that is memorable, well, the Butcher did it. <laughs> you know what he looks like? What does he look like? looks like a butcher. He, he looks does. like a badass. Yeah. He looks like he'd kick your ass. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I think the Butcher's awesome. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure about the Blade. Right now, the Blade is just a skinny fella. He is, his gimmick is not as, as intricate as the Butcher. But he's the Blade, so I guess he shouldn't look like a Butcher. He's skinny. I guess he That's looks a- more like a Blade than the Butcher does.
6: Yeah, kind of sharp and angular. And and remember, the butcher has got his meat that he's holding on to, while the blade has got a bunny. So there's that.
2: This person says the butcher's band is great. Well, tell me more about his band. I'd love to listen to the butcher's band. The butcher's band? Do you think it's a more of a, a punk thing? you think it's German industrial? What do you think it is? Don't know. This person here. Oh, by the way, Raw Tomorrow. It's very important that we mention this. It is the wedding of Bobby Lashley and Lana. Oh, so 1.89
6: million viewers. We think it's going to be higher than that because of this great angle.
2: I also can't figure out why. I don't know. I don't even know why I care. Let's just put it this way. I mean, if I were doing this and I actually thought that it was a success, which it's it's a mild success. Like every time they do a segment, the audience goes up. But I mean, the audience is an all-time low going up to just above all-time lows. So, I mean, whatever. But anyway, if I thought that this is one of the rare things on the show that people actually care about, why in God's name is it so rushed? Like, they just got divorced, like, two weeks ago. They had a quick pay-per-view match. Now they're getting married on, like, tomorrow! You know why. Why isn't this being built up to, like, a wedding on the go-home show for the Royal Rumble or the night after the Royal Rumble... Brian, like, She it. should be getting bridesmaids. There's stop so it. much good stuff you could oh, do with this.
6: Jesus. Really? Is there? Is there really that you haven't seen before that you trust in them to I don't care if do? I've seen it
2: before if it's good.
6: That you trust in them
2: to do Lash- what? Well? Lashley trying to find a best man. He like goes to Dude. Trump because they worked together at that WrestleMania. <laughs> He's not going to do that. I mean, there's so that. many things I could come up with.
6: Bubby called him Bubby when he was face. you get uh, it
2: he says you know who's gonna be the efficient Trump because we work together at Mania they get a guy dressed (laughs) like Trump he tears off his face like that Bischoff angle and it's Rusev I mean there's a thousand things you could do but you gotta build it up you can't just shoot shoot the wedding tomorrow they just got divorced two weeks ago
6: yeah, but all they thought of was they needed a show for New Year's Day, and there you go. You got a show for New Year's Eve Day, whatever the hell it is, whatever the hell it is, the, the, the week. That's what's going to happen. And do you really want this to be the lead into the Royal Rumble? I would rather have it be a little bit more pure, even if we're going to have some sort of Rusev and Lashley blow off, which I'm sure that we are. Can we just have some violence maybe that leads into the Royal Rumble? I don't need this. I've seen all of I can, that I want to see of this whole feud and angle, and I know it's going to continue, but, Maybe it can continue in a little bit of a different path, but uh, yeah, no thank you. We'll see how it does. It'll probably do actually very well in comparison with last week, which will make them think that they're doing something right, but whatever, that's fine.
2: So based on the numbers, I mean, it wasn't a total disaster, but this person says, after that long Baron Corbin opening promo, Roman Reigns' music literally had me saying, get him, Roman, out loud. So I think I would consider that a positive for them. So... Obviously, part of this Baron Corbin incessant heat thing is they're trying to get Roman over, okay? But, dude, he comes out, and he's just talking and talking. And I can just see somebody in the back, whoever's a gorilla, going, hold on, wait for it, don't hit that music, don't hit the Roman music yet. They're just, like, waiting for Corbin to be at his absolute most infuriating before they hit that music because they want that big pop. But it's like there's a limit. Like, you go too long, everyone just turns the show off. I can't, but I was ready to switch that show off after 25 seconds of droning by Baron Corbin. He went, like, forever, like two minutes before they hit that button. Whatever. That's what they're doing. They like they like their heat.
6: Can I ask you a question parent to parent? Why yeah, are there so
2: it? many bad parents on SmackDown? Dude, It's beca- Mike... The problem is there's nothing but bad people on SmackDown. Otis? He's one of the rare non-bad people on the show. It's like, true. They got like three, four baby faces. Everyone he else is idiot. a terrible
6: person. <laughs> you know, so the people who are terrible
2: people are idiots. Yes. This, WWE has proven dude, over the years. They did a match. Here's one thing I did think was stupid on the show. It's Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke against Bailey and Sasha. Bailey is the SmackDown women's champion. They're clearly building to Lacey Evans versus Bailey. Now, I guess the feeling is, well, dude, we got three more shows before the Survivor Series, so let's not rush it. So they don't have Lacey beat Bailey on this show. Instead, they decide Sasha's going to beat, uh, what's her face? Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke.
6: By the way, Dana Brooke fought those two other women out, off, on the way to the ring. They attacked her backstage. She fought off Bailey and Sasha on the way to the
2: ring. So Dana Brooke is in there. Dana Brooke makes this big comeback. They do some sort of spot. And Dana rolls up Sasha. And I thought, my God, Dana Brooke's actually going to get a win over somebody. And she rolls her up. The ref counts one. The ref counts two. Sasha kicks out into the bank statement. Dana Brooke taps. And Sasha just shoves her face down into the mat and celebrates. I was like this is the biggest dork this dana brooke character is the biggest geek i've seen on this show in a week at least <laughs> i was just gobsmacked at the level of geekiness that dana Brooks' character achieved on this show oh. and it's like every week she's out there losing and every week they're giving her all this tv time and all they do is beat her it's like you guys actually think she's getting over here do, seriously, do you really think you're getting Dana Brooke over by having her out here as such a giant babyface geek every week? Because let me tell you something, you're not.
6: It's ridiculous. I don't know. I like Dana Brooke. Um, I <laughs> I appreciate
2: Dana Brooke, but I say one thing negative about Dana Brooke. I said her character is right, a geek, which is yeah, I know you're... un. It's inarguable, Mike. Her character I...
6: is a geek. But here's the thing, and you're you're kind of right about I'm that absolutely right. That she's never been portrayed as a high end winning performer. She's out there and she's usually taking the L. She's usually getting beat up. She's usually tripping over her own feet or whatever. But like in a case of like an Otis or somebody like that, who again you see it coming from a mile away and he's a, you know, a geek or a jerk or whatever, like those types of people who are in more of a money role or the possibility of being in more of a of a sellable role at this point than what she's in i mean to me those are always going to be far worse her losing Listen. and taking the l for dana or for uh uh, uh what's her face uh oh god scenario number 103 what are you Talking about uh lacey evans for for her to take that loss on behalf of Lacey Evans after she has fought off the women's champion and Sasha Banks, I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world.
2: Listen, hold on. I mean, her, I got compared stats. to
6: Ricochet or Ali or or somebody like that who needs wins, Cedric Alexander, who has needed wins on their way up, I don't think it's going to hurt Dana that
2: I bit. got stats. She stats. was relegated to WWE main event all the way through September 9th. Okay? Yes. Since that time, she she debuted again on the main roster on September 16th. In that time period, she's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. She's had nine matches. And she's like a pushed performer backstage. She's there with Elias. She's doing interviews. They're trying to push her as a, a superhero. Okay? With the exception of the... November 15th show where they did the eight-person tag to set up Survivor Series, where she was on a team with Carmella, Dana, Nikki, and Sasha. She's lost every single solitary match except one. Her and Carmella beat Mandy and Sonia on November 8th. It's been almost two months since then, and she's lost every single solitary match. Yeah. look.
6: What what were the eight or ten matches that she had before she was relegated to main event
2: on main event? Well, before it's... that, what did
6: she have? Sure, she before she went was to main losses. event? yeah, was it one win and nine losses there too? With that one win being well, in dude, the I got I got
2: to go back years before she wasn't on main event. <laughs> it's taken forever. She was a one since hanging out with the. uh... You're missing my point, though. I realized that she was a jobber before, but, like, they brought her back as a main roster person, and they're actually acting like they're going to do something with her. She gets interview time. She gets to play the hero role. She gets to run out and save people. And she loses 90% of the time. But worry more about Ali. Back in a moment. Observer Live.
4: your profits in less than 10 minutes a day. And if you call right now, you can test drive our amazing Vector Vest system risk-free for 30 days for just nine ninety-five.
0: Eight hundred five eight four dollars 800-584-2519. 800-584-2519. 800-584-2519. That's 800-584-2519. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw
7: your cash from the bank, didn't it? Is really a war against us all, but the secret is now out.
0: So please get and read the secret war. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800 932 5517. 800 932 5517. 800 932 5517. Once again, that's 800 932 5517.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. This person says, I know the card is subject to change, but the SAP Center in San Jose is advertising Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin in a loser-eats-dog-food match. Ah. The February 7th episode of SmackDown Listen everybody I was one of the only guys on this planet Apparently That did not hate the dog food angle With Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin Thought it was an old school Heat angle Memphis Dude pours dog food on the big dog They played it up like a heavy heat angle It wasn't comedy I liked it You know what? I like that the payoff Is a loser has to eat dog food match I like that I give it a thumbs up. Now, I am concerned, and as much as I don't like the character of one Baron Corbin, I don't want to see the actual person, Thomas Peestock. I don't want to see him hurt, so he needs to be careful because this from NBC News. Vets still seeing cases of dog heart problems linked to grain-free food. Oh, my. Yes, a growing list of pet owners. They're healthy-sounding dog food may have somehow led to a serious heart problem in their pets. So watch that grain-free dog food, everybody. And that's not even a joke. That's a real story. just came out today. Yes, loser eats dog food. Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, which, by the way, is noted. February 7th, SmackDown, in San Jose, Dave Meltzer could be there live. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe he'll get flooded in dog food. We're out of time, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening. Vinny and I back later on tonight. Got a lot of great stuff. Check out the front page for more. Also, at Brian Alvarez on Twitter, at Mike Sempervivi, or at Sempervivi, I guess. Yeah. Talk to you next really? time, Wrestling Observer Live.